Um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm Craig, and uh, it's my great joy to be able to share this morning. <laughs> am, I, am I working? No, I'm not on here. There we go. So as Sue's explained, um, I, uh, I was asked to speak this morning on conflict resolving it well. And as Sue's explained, this is uh, a topic um, that I have some experience of. Um, I think it's true to say that I've got the scars on my back, but I'm not defined by them. Um, that Sue explained that there was a little in-joke here in the, uh, the SCF church family that I probably ought to explain. When I was in paid employment, uh, I was very much ruled by my diary. And going on holiday was always incredibly stressful because I knew I had to get loads of stuff done before I went on holiday. And I, I see some smiles around the room. You're, you're, you're with me in this. Loads of stuff to get rid of before I went on holiday in order that I didn't come back to chaos and then spend the next six months putting everything right that had gone wrong whilst I was on a holiday. Not that I'm a control freak. <coughs> Part of this was delegating before I went away. And so I had my diary all worked out, and I had left an hour before we were due to leave to do my packing. In those days, um, and we'll come back to some of the lessons in this in a, in, in a moment or two, in those days we used to share a suitcase. So we're an hour before the taxi is due to come to take us to the airport, and I start to do my packing. And of course, I start to realize that Sue's already filled the suitcase. <clears throat> so I start to take things out of the suitcase so that I can get my stuff in. <laughs> and I'm saying things like, do you really need N pairs of whatever it was? <clears throat> At this point, Sue went into her office and she said, you can go on holiday on your own. <laughs> so I spent the next 40 minutes convincing my wife that we really ought to go on holiday together. <laughs> so that's the, that's the genesis of the little joke that, that Sue shared earlier on. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> as a, a husband of... 40 plus years, and an elder in the church here for the last know, 12, 13 years, whatever it is. Um, conflict is something that I've been very much used to, let alone my work life, being a father, being a, a son, all of those things that we're all, you know, we all get involved in. <clears throat> this topic is incredibly deep. Uh, and I've done, not done, I've been really encouraged to read around it whilst I've been preparing. So this is my bibliography. Um, and um, this will be on the, uh, on the website, I hope. And in there is the, uh, the URL <coughs> that, ben, uh, that uh, <coughs> Paul referred to earlier. Could somebody get me a glass, please? Um, and um, 
most of the people on here... No, sorry, they're getting one. Most of the people here are, uh, are Christian writers, Christian thinkers. I must admit, when I was, uh, I was given the Getting Naked book, I did get a little concerned as to uh, what that was going to be about, but I saw it then, it was Patrick Lencioni, and uh, I, was, uh, I was somewhat assured, so that was, uh, that was okay. An excellent book. <clears throat> My problem is, this morning, that I've got way too much material to share in what is now 35 minutes. So, as I was praying with Ben earlier on, I felt God speak to me about my slides this morning being a smorgasbord, being a buffet. Uh, and my prayer is that I will be led by the Holy Spirit to bring those aspects of this slide deck that Jesus Christ wants us to share and hear about this morning. For those of you who want to go deeper, uh, my meeting notes, my, uh, sorry, my, my uh, speak, uh, speaking notes hopefully will be on the website, as will all the slides. Um, so you can go deeper, home group leaders, um, you may want to use those speaking notes as material in, in home groups, but uh, it's all there. So, Lord Jesus, I, uh, I pray that uh, I would share this morning what's on your heart, what's important to you. And Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What I'm going to talk about this morning is, is conflict, and I'm going to put a boundary around myself in terms of relationships within the church, here as brothers and sisters within the, uh, within the church. But these lessons apply um, as much to our families and our workplaces as, as anywhere else. Um, so... We're going to confine ourselves primarily to the church, but it, it applies outside as well. This stuff matters because it not only impacts our relationship with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, but it also impacts our relationship with God and it impacts our relationship with the wider community as well. Um, so it really does matter that we get it right. Pat, are you, are you okay? Do you, want some, do you want some help? So what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, 
because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you can, what you get on your pleasures. We all know this stuff, don't we? Um, we're all so familiar with this passage. And we know it in our heads. But fights and quarrels, we don't often come to blows in SCF. Um, but what about those words that we use that really hurt other people? That, that cause that deep hurt and damage with, within other people. Those desires that battle within us. We all, we're all works in progress, and we all battle with those, those things that rise up within us as the, as the inner man. Pat, are you okay? I don't want to... She's okay. Yeah? You're okay. That's that reference there to you kill. Again, we can skim over that, can't we, so easily. But how often do we speak negative words into people? That we kill a dream, we kill a vision, we kill a mission that God has given somebody because of the words that we use. You covet, but you don't get what you want. We think about coveting what other people have, their house, their car, their, even their ministry. This happens to us all. And this uh, spending what you get on your pleasures, the, the NLT says you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what, you, what we will give you pleasure. This me first mentality that is out there in the world that sometimes comes into the church. Believing that the most important thing is our happiness rather than doing God's will. And it's when we put God's will first that we move in his ways and we know that his way is perfect and he's got good things for us. But it's when we try and do it in our own strength that things go awry. So let's look at the summary before you hear the talk. So often... Conflicts arise due to poor foundations, poor discipline and maturity. And by that I mean spiritual, emotional, social, even physically. If we don't put that side physically, that time aside physically to be with God, then we don't have that good discipline that guides our lives, that gives us that, that, that foundation. Misunderstandings, lack of clarity, poor communication. Um, you know, me with my suitcase. Wouldn't it have been good to have communicated beforehand? Wouldn't it have been good to have discussed between us when I was actually going to do my packing? Wouldn't it have been good 
if I'd even deferred to my wife and perhaps found an hour before the last hour in my diary. Communication ahead of that incident would have probably done away with that conflict that we had. Unclear boundaries. Um, wouldn't it have been good to have agreed that we were going to have two suitcases? <laughs> yeah? Your suitcase, my suitcase. What I put in my suitcase is mine. What you put in your suitcase is yours. Doesn't happen that way, because there's always too much in one suitcase and not enough space, and there's more space in the other one. How does that work? I don't know. But that's the way it goes. And then there's, there's unrealistic expectations. The expectation that isn't voiced. Well, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were only going to put half a suitcase in. But, so why didn't I? I had an expectation that I didn't communicate. And then there's fear. Fear is the biggest one I think, of all, and I'm going to spend some time talking about that. But that leads us to an unwillingness to address issues. It leads us to avoid things. It, it leads us to not speak about the elephant in the room. And I'm going to talk about the importance of walking into the danger and what it takes to be able to walk into the danger. And then there's this seeking to win. It's important that I win. It's important that you lose, and it's in, or it's important that you get punished because you've done, you've been, you're in the wrong. That win-lose attitude creates tension and creates unnecessary conflict. When we seek a win-win, where we're both happy, then... That's the right place to be. The other aspect is sometimes we have an unrealistic expectation of resolving a conflict all in one go. Um, so I think it's important that we, we give ourselves the space to look to resolve conflicts, perhaps over a period of time, and have a plan to resolve a conflict rather than trying to get it all done in the hour before we go on holiday. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We're called to be agents of reconciliation. We're called to be build, uh, bridge builders, not wall builders. We're called to intentionally seek 
to restore relationships. God's desire is for a community of believers. And as we allow Christ to work in us, and we become more Christ-like, then we demonstrate that to those around us as brothers and sisters in Christ, but we also demonstrate it into the community as well. And as, as we demonstrate that, then what we see is the world looking at us and saying, they've got something special. I want to be like them. The alternative is that the world sees a community of people who are warring amongst themselves, they're backbiting, they're gossiping amongst themselves, they are not resolving conflict well, and they are living under the, the power of the enemy rather than living under the headship of Jesus Christ. In short, what they see is a saying one thing and doing another. They see something which is counterfeit rather than something which is authentic. And we're called to be ambassadors of Christ. We're called to be Christ-like. And in seeking for that reconciliation, to grow our relationships as brothers and sisters, then we demonstrate Christ into the world. Conflict is inevitable. Uh, we have a saying in Lancashire, there's nought as queer as folk. And because we are who we are, conflict will happen. We will fall out. We will get this stuff wrong because none of us is perfect. So it is inevitable, but it's how we deal with it that's important. And conflict doesn't always have to be bad. There are those conflicts which are long-term, aren't they? There's kind of bubbling under the surface where there's guerrilla warfare going on, where there's the, there's the nagging, but you never do the washing up. You never fill the dishwasher. There's all those sort of conflicts that are, that are there bubbling under the surface and not being addressed that just erupt in little pockets like a like lava in a, in a volcano. Boom! They just pop up, don't they? Because they haven't been dealt with. Um, and then there's those spontaneous outbursts. Um, sudden hostilities break out. Um, and um, Sue is hugely patient. But every now and again, something just tips the balance. And she just explodes. And, and I think, where did that come from? Where, you know, I only did this, and that was the result. And we have those spontaneous outbursts that need to be, that need to be dealt with. And I, I probably won't have time today to, to go into it, but there's some really good stuff in my notes about... Um, how to deal with that spontaneous, um, those spontaneous situations. And it's all around what, what's referred to as crucial conversations. Crucial conversations happen 
when there's loads of emotion, it's high stakes, and if this goes wrong, this is nuclear war that's going to break out. Um, those are those crucial conversations. Yeah, we've all been there, haven't we? Um, and then there's the creative tension, where two and two equals five, where we can, we can disagree, we, we, can, we can hammer around with a problem and a challenge, and there's something wonderful comes out of it. And that, that's just creative tension that is really positive. So, again, don't be frightened of that. That's, that can be really positive. And um, some of you will remember Andrew Simpkins. Um, and, and Andrew and I would get very, very passionate about a topic. And we would go at each other like hammer and tongs. And those people around us would think, what is going on? But we both knew that this was a creative conversation that we were having, and we, we were both very happy with that because we were both secure in who we were and we were secure in the relationship that we had. So that was creative tension. I'm not going to talk about that. What I'm going to talk about in the next 20 minutes or so is that conflict which has the potential to create damage. That's where we're going to focus. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Here's some thoughts. Being at peace, being a peacemaker, is a proactive activity. Something that we do, rather than something that's just passive. And I'd like to put it to you that being at peace is not about ignoring issues. It's not about sweeping them under the carpet. It's not about hiding our heads in the sand because that way lies resentment and bitterness. Peacemaking is not avoiding, it's not appeasing, because I'd put it to you that those are ways to avoid resolving the issue. And I'd suggest to you that that has an element of cowardice about it. Because the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. If we try and sweep things under the carpet, if we try and avoid them, then they're still there. There's still that big lump in the carpet that everybody knows is there. People just walk around it, but it never gets resolved. If we sow good things, then those good things take root in the soil, they grow strong, and they grow broad. They bear good fruit. And from a small seed of goodness that we've sowed, we can reap a whole harvest of amazing goodness. And many of us can attest to that. 
But the, the alternative is also true. That we can put down a small seed of bitterness, of resentment, and that seed of bitterness and resentment goes down deep and it puts down deep roots that go deep into our soul and we reap a harvest of bitterness that is way bigger than the seed that we tried to bury. There are three reasons why getting this right is important, as I've just alluded to. One, it blocks my relationship with God because I can't be right with God and wrong with other people. Scripture tells us that, and you've got the scripture there on the screen. It blocks my prayers. So my prayer life is, is constricted. Because if we're in conflict with somebody, we're not in love with them, and therefore what we finish up with is a blockage that is both horizontal with, our, with people around us, with the person we're in conflict with, but also vertical as well. So this, this is important on those two planes, both on the, the horizontal plane, but the vertical as well. And as many of us know, when we're in conflict, we're miserable, we're unhappy. So it has a big impact upon me as well. And so those are the three primary reasons I'd suggest to you that it's important to resolve these conflicts well. I often talk to people about resolving conflict and say to them, imagine the topic that you're talking about, the subject that you're talking about, is on the table in front of you. And focus on resolving the issue that's on the table in front of you, not attacking the other person. Don't make it personal. Um, because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Just before Sue and I got married, um, the vicar took us to, to one side and he gave us some, uh, some valuable advice. Um, one was always have a double bed because there'll be some point when you go to bed where your toes will touch and you will start to resolve the issue. Never let the sun go down without resolving an issue. And the other one was don't practice arguing. Don't practice arguing. So often 
people have mock arguments, don't they? You hear it in marriages in particular. It's, oh, we're just joshing. It's not, it's not for real. But what you're actually doing, you're practicing for the real conflict. So don't have those mock arguments. Don't practice falling out. And just have some basic rules about some words, about some things that you're not going to go there. We're not going to talk about... We are never, ever going to say to each other, we're going to get divorced. That, that, would, be a, an, a, that would be out of bounds. And never use words that are going to really hurt the other people, the other person. The more we get to know each other, the more we get to know the other person, the more we know where those little wrinkles are, don't we? Those things that we know about, yes. <laughs> Not now, but that's perhaps later. But those, those things that we, can, we know when we're in a relationship with people, that we, can, we know where those little tug points are. Don't go there. Remember, you're resolving the conflict, the issue that's on the table. You're not looking to beat up the other person. You're not looking to win the argument. There's a whole lot of stuff in my, in my notes um, about the, the importance of trust and the power of trust, um, which I'd, I'd really uh, suggest you, you have a look at. But I'm not going to go there now. As I said earlier, fear is the big reason in many cases that we don't address conflict, we don't address issues. And the areas that are really essential to getting things resolved, things like humility, selflessness, transparency, that are really important aspects quite often of resolving a conflict, those involve pain. And we, we shy away from pain, don't we? You know, I don't like going to the dentist because it may well hurt. In fact, it probably is going to hurt, even if it's the only in the injection. So I'd rather not go to the dentist, but I know that going to the dentist is good for me, so I go to the dentist. This fear of this pain is underlying so much of why we don't get resolved. Often, it's fear of losing the relationship. If I, if I fall out, if we have this discussion, they're never going to speak to me again. Um, fear of being embarrassed. But I'm going to have to tell them that I've messed up. I'm going to have to tell them that I've done you know, that I've blown the credit card again. Um, that embarrassment. It can also, but that embarrassment can also be that we feel inadequate in the way that we're going to express things, that we're perhaps not as eloquent as the other person that we're talking to. And therefore, we feel embarrassed because we're not going to perhaps lay out the challenges as well as we could. 
And then there's this feeling, potential feeling of inferiority. Oh, the other person's far cleverer than I am. They never do anything wrong. You know, they never blow the credit card or whatever. Um, it's always me. It's always my fault. And that feeling of inferiority can sometimes be an issue as well. The, the book that I referred to earlier about Getting Naked uh, by Patrick Lencioni um, very eloquently talks about the importance of walking into the danger, being ready to walk into the danger, to confront the challenge that's in front of us. Um, but it makes some very practical steps about how to walk into that danger. There are things like um, enter into their world. What's it like for them? Putting yourself in their shoes, seeing the, seeing the issue from their perspective, um, honouring the other person, recognising perhaps that we, we all get it wrong, um, we all mess up, and just honouring that other person for who they are and what they do. And then this, this importance of telling the truth in love. So often we have a whole script, don't we? They need to hear all this stuff. And I'm going to tell them everything that they've done wrong. And we've got a whole list of stuff. And we are going to start at the top of the list and we're going to go to the bottom of the list and they're going to sit there and they're going to hear it all. Well, that's not particularly helpful. We've got to think about what do they really need to hear? What is the perhaps one or two things that the other person needs to hear? What are they able to hear? Because there'll be some things that they're just not ready to hear. So it's pointless throwing spaghetti at the wall when it's not going to stick. And there are some things that will detract, that you're going to say, or the way you're going to say it, that will detract from the other person hearing. My mate Gus often talks about transmitters and receivers that it's important as a transmitter to tune to the frequency of the person that we're trying to communicate with rather than expecting them to tune into our frequency as the person who's transmitting so it's important to put our, in putting ourselves in the other person's shoes how are they going to hear what we are actually saying what are the words that we're using that are going to help the other person to hear or in fact stop them from hearing <laughs> and quite often it's the way we say things that is far more important than what we say people hear the emotion before they hear the words they have to hear through that lens of or that filter of emotion 
and the emotion just blocks out what we're trying to, uh, what we're trying to bring. And um, so often we use too many words, don't we? Um, I, I used to manage a, an international team of people all over the world, uh, from Scandinavia down to India, from the States, uh, uh, way across I into uh, the Czech Republic. And uh, they often said that the, the Brits always use far too many words. Um, so I used to often say to my team, I'm going to be very Dutch. And when they heard me say, I'm going to be very Dutch, they knew that I was going to be very clear, I was going to be very precise, and there weren't going to be any flowery words around what I was saying. I didn't mean to say I was untactful or un inconsiderate, but it did mean that it was going to be a very clear message that I was going to be bringing. And sometimes it's good just to be Dutch. Now, I'm going, to do, I'm going to do one more slide, or two more slides, and then I'm going to flip all the way through to the end of my slide deck to the summary, um, because we've run out of time. And uh, so I'm going to do that smorgasbord bit, if that's okay. I'm using all my inter international things this morning, aren't I? Um, Take responsibility. Starts with us. Generally, we have done something that's contributed to the challenge. Generally, we've messed up somewhere along the way. And um, in the suitcase incident, we did eventually get to the point where Sue did actually say, OK, I have actually filled the suitcase. But it took us a while to get to that point. But it was only when we both agreed that we'd messed up that we actually came to a resolution. And don't worry if you always seem to be the person that's actually taking the first move. Sometimes we're called to be peacemakers in a situation for a season, for a time. Um, and that's what God's calling you to do. So don't think, oh, it's always me that's having to start the resolution process. Why can't the other person sometimes say sorry? Well, there may come a time when the other person is able to say sorry, but at this point in time, God is calling you to be the peacemaker. I found this um, verse from Matthew really inspiring. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. 
What's this saying to us? It's saying that being reconciled with our brothers and sisters is more important than our praise and our worship. Because going back to my earlier point, if we're not reconciled to our brothers and sisters, then it's blocking that, relation, that upward relationship. And it's saying this takes priority. So, next time we're taking communion, it might be good to just sit quietly and think, is there something I'm holding against my brothers and sisters? Is there a wound that I'm carrying? Because the, the other thing about wounds is that we can sometimes say, time is the great healer. Time heals everything. But when it comes to these wounds that have gone down deep within us, all that happens is that the scar tissue closes over the wound, the pus and the nastiness builds up underneath, and it just gets worse and worse. And therefore, we have to come to that point where we resolve the issue. One more slide and then I'm going to go to the summary. I talked about fear. Sometimes we need to preach these words to ourselves. For the Spirit of God, the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. One of the most important things about going into a conflict situation, about walking into this danger, is that we're right with God. The other one is that we've got love in our heart. That we've got love in our heart for the other person. And we truly want the best possible thing for that other person. If we've got that bitterness in our heart, if we don't want the best for the other person, then that will come out and that will block every message that we're trying to get across. In James, it also tells us that um, if we lack wisdom, then we're to seek, to seek God and godly wisdom. So I'm going to flick all the way through. One, one more slide, perhaps, before we just um, flick to the end. What's going on? As I said, this is a really deep topic. Um, and there's loads of stuff in there that would be well worth chewing over in home groups. But one of the things we forget so often 
is the importance of agreeing well. Of getting to the end of a conflict situation and finishing it well. And there's some points up there to just bear in mind when you've been in this conflict situation and you're going to agree at the end. Um, not least, just doing something just to seal it and um, be happy and show it. So often we can walk away with a long face from the end of one of these discussions. It's important to be happy in your heart and show it and walk away uh, having closed the discussion well. There we go. So in summary, build those solid foundations and maintain them and keep checking them out. Don't have those mock arguments that undermine those foundations. Humility. Remember, it all starts with you. It all starts with me. The only person that you can really impact is you. You're the only person that you've got control over. Um, everything else is down to the other person and down to God. Be clear in our communications. Let's, let's avoid the unnecessary conflict that comes out of just communicating badly. Boundaries are so important. Um, remember the two suitcases. Uh, and remember the importance of communicating which suitcase is yours, which suitcase is the other person's, and what we're going to do about filling those suitcases. Sometimes it's okay to have one suitcase slightly bigger than the other one, by the way. Contract well. Um, this sounds about businessy, but it's important that we, we have those, those verbal contracts with each other, that we don't just sweep things under the carpet, um, that we do confront those issues, we do bring them out into the open, and we do have that transparency and let the light of Jesus shine into those situations. Be prepared to walk into the danger. Preach those words to yourself about we don't have that spirit of fear. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We can walk into the danger. We can go into the lion's den and come out unscathed. And remember this thing about putting the issue on the table and confronting the issue, because the issue is what's the problem. It's not the other person. It's the issue that we're addressing. And if we want the best for the other person, that we've got the love in our hearts for that other person, and they know that, they can see that, and it's clear from our attitudes and the words that we speak, then it's so much easier to confront the issue. And that relationship is generally far more important than the issue that's on the table. Don't go for a don't go for a, a win lose. Don't go to try and punish the other person. Don't expect them to have to stand tied to a post, being flagellated in front of the whole church. That's you know that's not required. You want the best for that other person, and then agree well. 
and be alert at all times. Sometimes these conflicts can break up um, because we just haven't been aware of what's going on. We just haven't been observant. We haven't been listening to the Holy Spirit in our heads and our hearts. And lastly, as I finish, just remember what I said at the top of the, top of the talk, that God's, God's desire is for a community of believers that is an example to the world. And God's desire is that we are authentic ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And that when the world looks in on us, he sees a group of people whose relationships are managed well, who are at harmony with one another, who don't sweep things under the carpet, but deal with issues and get them resolved. That's what God wants for us. So, um, thank you. Apologies for going over. Um, the, uh, the notes, the slides, everything are on the website, including some coffee, uh, coffee time comp uh, questions that uh, to perhaps think about in home groups.